Hey, hey, you were listening to JC Talks, a podcast about life, leadership, and human flourishing. My guiding philosophy is simple. What you can be, you must be. Abraham Maslow. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live an all-in life, be an all-in leader, and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly, and I'm so grateful you've joined me for a few moments today. This week, we're talking about this idea of long-term thinking, and today, I just want to go ahead and dive in. We're going to talk about uh, second and third order consequences. I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but this is a great article by Wes Cow, Wes K.O., Wes Kale, I think that's how you say it. Um, it's spelled K-A-O, Wes, W-E-S-K-A-O. I believe it's Wes Kale. And I actually had the privilege of spending a few minutes on the phone with her a year or two ago. And I just remember she was so deep and intellectual and just spending time with her, uh, with this other team that I was a part of. Uh, she was consulting that team. It really was an honor. So let's dive in and see what she has to say about this idea of second and third order consequences. Again, we're on this idea. So this will give you a hint about what we're talking about today, this idea of long-term thinking. Here is Wes Kale. Have you ever solved a problem then realized you accident, accidentally created five new problems? You ever been there before? I sure have. That's why it's important to think about second and third order consequences. The goal is to accurately weigh the true cost and benefits of a proposed solution. By thinking about potential side effects up front, you save time by preventing unintentional ripple effects before they happen. So then she asked the question, what are second and third order consequences? Second and third order consequences are the downstream ramifications of your actions. When you change part of a system, that change can impact other parts of the business, people, or processes. So this is important for us to remember. As we make decisions, uh, one decision on a team, one decision in a family, one decision in a relationship, you may think it doesn't matter, but it could be impacting the other people, the other processes, the other parts of the system, and you're not thinking about this, which is, again, why it's important for us to stop and think about what are all the consequences of this decision. The scary and exciting thing about second-order consequences is that side effects are not always obvious at first glance. If you skip thinking about second-order consequences, you might end up with complexity and messiness you have to clean up down the line. That messiness can be costly and hard to undo. A five-minute decision can take five months to fix. Now, you know, I tend to think about this in kind of a negative way. Um, and I, I've made those choices. Probably you've made those choices before where you look back and you say, I cannot believe. You know what? Let me give you a perfect example right now. Perfect example in my own life. I have a 2011 Chevy Tahoe. I just love this car. It's, it's, uh, um, it's, brought a, it's brought a lot of joy to me. It's got a sunroof and it sits up high off the road. And so I just love it. And, uh, but I have been a little bit cavalier sometimes in how I drive it. It's kind of a cream color or white diamond pearl, I think is what it is. And I actually was inspired to get this by watching Tony Soprano on The Sopranos. Now, he had an Escalade. Uh, it was after the first few seasons he drove around and I just I looked at him and I said, man, that is such a beautiful car. I want to get something like it. So I was inspired by that. So this car is great. But I moved into this condo where I live now and I love where I live here in, in uh, San Diego County out here in the Eastlake area. But but the garage was very small. It's very thin. 
And so the first few uh, times that I tried to pull into this garage, I would scrape the sides of this of this Tahoe every single time. And so both front sides of my Tahoe are all scraped up. So, you know, the closer you get to this car, it looks nice from, uh, you know, you know, from several hundred feet away, it looks clean. It's great. The rims are nice and all that. But the closer you get to it, the more you realize, wow, this thing has got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, this thing has got a lot of, um, what do you call it? It's got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of issues to it. It's got a lot of scrapes and bruises and all of them are my fault. I've, I've, you know, I've backed it into bushes. I've, you know, scraped it into bushes. I've scraped it on the side walls of my garage and all kinds of stuff. And so I, you know, so then last week or two weeks ago, I was actually driving and I backed into, I backed this, this Tahoe into this huge black fence and it messed up my Tahoe. It messed up. Uh, the so, so what happened was I was coming up this road, my daughter and I were, and uh, I was really tired that day. I probably shouldn't have even been driving. I was really tired. And this, this trash truck uh, was coming down the street and it was a very thin, it was a very, uh, uh, thin road. I don't know if it very small road. Okay. And so I was backing down the road to give this trash truck room to come through. Cause it was again, a very small road, but I put the car in reverse. And this is the second time I've done this. I put it in reverse without looking behind me. And so it was just a quick thinking, didn't think about the consequences, put it in reverse back straight up, back right into this black fence. Didn't do much to the fence. It really tore up the back, my back bumper. So y'all, I had to drop $1,300 on this to get it fixed. Okay. Now the good thing about this is that he's going to actually fix the front bumper as well. He's going to take some extra paint and kind of, you know, uh, make that look nice. And on the side, he's going to make that look nice. Well, at least that's what he says. I'll find out this coming Tuesday when I go pick up the car. Uh, But, um, and by the time you listen to this, hopefully I've gotten it back and hopefully it, I was supposed to have it back last week and they took too long on it. And so that's a whole nother story, but but, but, but here's the choice, you know, here's the, uh, here, here's the point I'm trying to make. I backed up and didn't think about the consequences of, you know, this is why you have rear view mirrors and you pause before you back up your car. So you can look. And I even have one of those little camera things on the back. Of, there's no excuse for this. And now it's costing me, um, you know, $1,300. So this is what this is, you know, when, when it says this right here, right? Uh, it says, if you skip thinking about second order consequences, you might end up with complexity and messiness. You have to clean up down the line. That messiness, backing my car up without looking first, being cavalier in how I backed up, can be costly and hard to undo. A five-minute decision, this is more like a a less than five second decision can take five months to fix. Now, this isn't going to take five months to fix, but it's going to cost me. This is money that could go to something else. This is money that is needed to go to other things, and yet it's going to a bumper. So this is a, a real life example in my own of just not pausing, okay? I, like the dump truck or the, uh, the garbage truck wasn't coming directly at me. It wasn't going to hit me. I could have paused looked behind me, looked in my rearview mirror and took my time backing up. But instead, I just cavalier backed it straight up. And now I'm in this situation. Okay. So she goes on to right here. Wes KO goes on to right here. Zoom out to see non-obvious ripple effects. Okay. A lot of times she says, you forget to think about ripple effects because you're too focused on solving an immediate problem. Your lens becomes too narrow. You can't see how your decision impacts other parts of the business or how it impacts your future self. That's deep. And we're going to talk about that later, right? 
so this decision not only does it affect the team or the business, the organization, but it also impacts your future self. Okay. Second and third order consequences aren't always obvious at first glance. I'm on a diet. I decided to cheat myself out of that uh, one night because I'm really tired and I don't want to go home and make myself healthy food. So I instead I stop by and I get Chick-fil-A. Okay. That doesn't seem obvious at first, but then uh, three nights later, I feel the same way. And it was easier to cheat, you know, on Monday night. So I might as well just go ahead and cheat on Thursday night. And so I get, you know, Chick-fil-A next. So that's two times that week I've cheated when maybe I was supposed to have one cheat meal. Right. And then I have my cheat meal on Friday night. So next week comes around. I say, okay, I'm going to get back my discipline, but I cheated last week and it didn't really impact me. So I'm going to cheat again. And so ne- next thing you know, I have, I give myself two cheat meals a week. And next thing you know, I'm giving myself three cheat meals. And next thing you know, I'm off my diet. And I'm wondering why I'm gaining all the weight that I'm gaining. And I feel lethargic. It's because of that one choice I made. Again, the consequences weren't obvious in that moment, but over time they can be. Okay. So when we zoom out, we can see what happens down the line. We, we can see hidden costs and potential externalities. These externalities aren't always negative. In fact, you should only move forward with the decision if there uh, will be either neutral or positive second order consequences, right? So there are positive second and third and fourth and fifth order consequences as well. But what this mental tool, this mental model will help give us is the ability to look out and see the negative consequences. Say, okay, I don't want to go with this because, you know, immediately, right? If I eat the Chick-fil-A, I feel good feels great. But then the next day I'm at the gym and I'm trying to work out harder. I'm trying to get on that treadmill and it's not working out. I'm trying to go for a run. It's not working out. And I realized, man, I just, I just ate that Chick-fil-A and those waffle fries and they're so good. And it, it impacted me in the immediacy, right? In the immediate moment, it solved my problem, but then it caused more problems down the road. So then she gives some examples of second order consequences. Um, So here's what she says. Examples of second order consequences are all around you. Situations like the ones below might seem impossible to predict, but if you do some thinking up front, you can usually point out the main areas of risk. Then you can decide whether those risks are worth it and how you reduce their impact. So here are examples of second order consequences. So so number one is this, trying to save time in one department creates more work for another department. Maybe you've seen that happen before, right? So the sales team makes a change, but it creates a lot more work for the product and the engineering teams, okay? So here's another way. Uh, Here's another example of second-order consequences. Making changes to the product made things worse. You added a product feature because customers said they wanted it, but it ended up making things worse, and now there are even more complaints, okay? Here's another way. Adding a new offering unintentionally created cannibalization. Let me say it one more time. Adding a new offering unintentionally created cannibalization. That's a hard word for me to say with my stutter. Uh, so you saw a competitor offered a, a, a free version of their product and you thought, well, we should do that too. Then realize that this cannibalizes your own paid products, right? And here's another uh, instance when second order consequences, uh, knowing this ahead might come in handy. A solution makes sense in the moment, but makes things harder next year. There are plenty of ways to hit your sales quota, but some tactics make it harder for you to do it again um, a month from now, right? So how do you identify second order consequences in your daily work? And here's what Wes Kale has to say. You don't have to save this for big decisions. You can use this framework all the time. And I will tell you this, 
since I've started using mental models, I'm using them for almost everything. And it is unbelievable. The other night I sat with my journal and there's an issue in my life that I'm trying to fix and I'm trying to get better at going forward. And one of the, the mental models I have is first principles. So when you're trying to study a thing, you know, whatever that thing may be, you have to go back to first principles, which means you have to go to, to the foundation of the thing. And then if you're wise or smart, you go back to the history of the foundation of that thing, right? So for example, if you want to study the, the reason why a person is who they are, you've got to study their childhood. And then you've got to study their parents. And if you're really wise and smart, you go back and study the childhood of their parents and their parents' parents and all the way back, right? This is how we get to understand why people are the way they are. And so I was doing this the other day and it really helped me see. Now, I don't have a solution to this. I'm, I'm still processing, but it helped me see why sometimes I make some of the, of the decisions I make when I go back and, and I did first principles. So what I'm saying is these mental models that we're talking about, you can begin to use even now. Right. So, again, you don't have to use this for big decisions. You can use this framework all the time. This idea of second, third order consequences. Soon it will be muscle memory. You'll quickly see how decisions impact other areas, understand the true cost benefits, then decide whether you want to proceed. So to get started, ask yourself the three following questions. Who else might be impacted? So before you make any decision, ask yourself the question, who else might be impacted? Number two, what parts of the business or organization or team or family or relationship might be affected? And number three, the third question to ask, what new problems might this solution create? That is deep. What new problems might this solution create? When you think of second and third order consequences, you get a more accurate picture. You'll be less likely to be, to be caught by surprise so you can make a better decision going forward. So again, it's all about this idea of long-term thinking, right? So long-term thinking, we talked about that on Monday, this idea of thinking 50 years out, thinking 25 years out, thinking 10 plus years out into the future, right? This is in this, this is like a, a cousin of long-term thinking. And it's looking at the consequences before they happen. And again, these are tools. And I tell people this, these are mental models. They can save you problems in the future. Before I would have backed up, if I would have just paused, said, hey, the, you know, the trash truck is coming my way. It's not coming right at me. It's doing its thing. Let me just pause real quick. Let me take a look around me, see what's going on, see what else might be impacted by me backing up. I would have seen that this fence and my bumper were going to be impacted by the fact that I chose to, to back up so quickly. And I would have made a better choice. And I promise you, I'll make a better choice going forward when it comes to backing up my car. So. That's a small choice, but think about the bigger life issues. I'm reading this book right now called Barbarians at the Gate. It's about the fall of RJ, RJR Nabisco um, and company. Um, if you know anything about that, I don't have time to talk about it. We'll probably talk about it on the podcast eventually. But this is a massive company that fell. I don't know how it did yet because I'm still in like the first couple of chapters. But it's a phenomenal, um, it's, 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 it's really a phenomenal book. 
And I think about the CEO that I'm reading about right now, Ross Johnson, if he just would have had some mental models, he could have made better decisions and probably saved the company and shareholders millions of dollars. And, and they wouldn't have written, have written a book about him. Although the book is so great. I'm so glad all this happened because it helps the rest of us create mental models going forward. So anyway, they, uh, there you have it. That's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of JC Talks Leadership Podcast. I'll see you Friday. And I'm so excited to share some really exciting news with you. And I hope you'll celebrate with me and and uh, hopefully it impacts this podcast in positive ways. And uh, thank you for all that you have done, all your support. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of JC Talks Leadership Podcast. Take care. Have a wonderful day. 